You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the couch bro tatoes as chris sings his nut song i'm alex morrison <laughs> and we're feeling a little bit better today because we're not recording at fucking 1 30 in the middle of the fucking night the sun is up my friend the sun is still up as we are recording this episode of couch potatoes so i consider that a win <laughs> we we're able to do this because it's um what memorial uh labor day labor yes, day weekend yes do fuck up the holidays <laughs> <laughs> bro I, I work retail i don't get fucking holidays i don't know what that means <laughs> and rightfully you shouldn't so yeah so because you're a nice three-day weekend we're actually able to record on sunday so let's see if i can whip this bitch around within 12 hours <laughs> yeah but what's been have you been catching up with anything what's been going on with you man no but i have realized i have a very diverse fucking uh idea of fun okay uh, last night i was up until about two o'clock in the morning playing dominoes with two laotian guys and a trans man uh, <laughs> okay please explain just out of the blue a buddy of mine uh hit me up we started hanging out and his uh we were sitting there and, uh, his neighbor uh, a laotian fella loves playing for money <laughs> he okay. loves gambling and he's like you want to play some dominoes i was like yeah i'll put some money on the fucking thing and we sat out there in the middle outside with a little light and his truck doors open, just blasting fucking EDM music, watching it, playing fucking dominoes until like two in the goddamn morning. And I'm just like, huh, if you would have told me this in 2008, this is what I'd be doing, I'd call you a fucking liar. I, I just, I'm just trying to picture you listening to EDM. It was fun. It was, it was, it was okay. Yeah. But I'm just like, domino, motherfucker. Last bone. <laughs> and, and just like, I'm, I'm just one of those things that's like, yeah, I'm in these situations a lot. There's just like the weirdest fucking group of people I'm hanging around. I should not be here. I'm the odd man. I'm the odd man out. <laughs> well, you guys may think that, you know, well, we've exhausted all of our hard Mountain Dew flavors and that we have nowhere else to go. But fear not. We are alcoholics at heart, and our dear, lovely listener uh, did not include just hard Mountain Dew for us to try. Uh, before it fully gets into fall, which if you look at my apartment, you might as well think it already is. I've already decorated for Halloween. Fuck Halloween. It. Well, fuck it, man. If, pe- if people's going to be decorating for Christmas up in November, I'm going to be decorating for Halloween in September. I'm gonna be handing that out, only seems right to me. I'm going to be handing out chemtrail pamphlets to kids on Halloween. <laughs> Scientology pamphlets. That is the flat earth chemtrails. <laughs> oh, yeah, flat earth. Yeah. Actually, I'll just hand out pamphlets to Cryptic Conspiracy Cult yeah. with a little QR code from the scan. Toot. 
Mommy, he gave, he gave me this. That's oh, trash. Throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> Streets are just littered with triple C. Yeah. It's like when you hand. It's like when you get a teenager to hand out flyers, and that motherfucker just Kobe'd that shit halfway <laughs> to a fucking garbage pail. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Took your five bucks and ran. Yeah. <laughs> did you put out some flyers? Yes, yeah. I did. Yes, I did. It's just like not even in the trash can, just halfway out the fucking. Thing. Like, what a fucking little prick. It's like flowing away like a stack of napkins at a bistro. Yeah. But no, our lovely listener did not include just the hard Mountain Dew for us to try. While it is still on the verge of still being summer and not fall yet, figured we would try this little fe- special treat. It's Lipton Hard Iced Tea Lemon Flavored. Mm, whiskey and bourbon, or whiskey and tea. Yeah, so I, I have a feeling this is going to be very similar to just a malt beverage. It's not really going to be like like the... Um, like the Bojangles tea. Yeah, that's kind of what I have in my mind because the Coke and Jack Daniels one that was actual whiskey. Mixed Dude, I did with the math. On, I, did, I did the math on that, so I was thinking on the last time I bought a Jack and Coke, which was at the Milestone, and I think it covered like seven bucks or something like that. And then if you buy the four pack, which is like thirteen ninety nine, yep, yep. I'm like, this is about three and a half dollars for a mixed drink in this it's not bad it wasn't yeah it's not bad <laughs> I, that's why i was able to justify purchasing a four pack for myself recently the only time it's going to beat that is this, this little uh, place called charlie's pub out in the middle of the fucking west virginia in fayette yeah. fayette uh, fayetteville uh west virginia where i paid like three dollars for a jack and coke but i will say they pour heavy and just handed me a can of coke <laughs> <laughs> it was like they poured you the jack and like showed the shot or they showed, didn't show it to the can they handed me the can later <laughs> they didn't the, open it they didn't even meet <laughs> no like here here you go you want a can, you want some soda pussy <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah please <laughs> i ain't that hard yeah <laughs> ain't about that life so let's see what the lipton hard iced tea has in store for us of course the obligatory pop of the can on the microphone yes sir yes sir there was no oohs and ahs i'm now self-conscious about that ever since i recognized it on the last time (laughs) even pour is different that's a subtle alcohol smell yeah it's not super heavy all right. Well, airs cheers because I don't feel like standing up to do this. But yeah, Dink. Jim. Yes, sir. That's good. Oh, that's goddamn delicious. That tastes like Lipton tea. Like it just like, like you brewed it yourself. Oh wow. Yeah, Hell that yeah. that's the best one so far oh, yeah. out of any of these. And you get like a lemon aftertaste too. It's not bad. Oh, that's dangerous. Yeah, if you're sitting down drinking one of the oh there it is <laughs> oh that's dangerous that, that if you breathe out you can really taste it mm, that's genuinely good yeah that's like a like a vodka and tea that's yeah i dig that yeah. okay wow for for once one of the novelty drinks don't absolutely suck or have to like find the good in it that's not bad at all they're making drinking and driving cool again <laughs> good on you lipton no You're- all of them fucking mountain dew all of because like i'm looking at the can and if i'm a fucking cop i'm not going to notice that you're not going to recognize just hard you, like it's lipton but you know what it looks like it looks like a brisk can thank you it looks like a fucking arizona yeah oh, arizona went up yeah, that's some bullshit. It's no longer 99. Yeah, I saw somebody post a photo. Lipton Tea is no longer 99 cents, and it's that Oliver guy, that country star. Mm-hmm. That, oh, yeah, just a photo of <laughs> him. Rich man. Rich man. I'm like, God damn. I know, the country's getting hard times are coming. <laughs> but yeah, this, this one is. Damn, 
I hope I can find some of this in North Carolina now because this is genuinely good. North Carolina is going to hell in a handbasket. <sighs> can't have nothing good anymore. There's a um, there's another new one that I really want to get my hands on, and I've walked to um, the ABC store that's right down the road from my place. They currently don't have it, but they said that they carry the brand, which means that they should carry the actual product. But from Sugarlands Distilling Company comes the Ego Brunch in a Jar Sipping Cream. Oof. Yeah. Ego? Yeah. Like actual Ego liquor. God damn it. Yeah. It tastes like maple syrup and pancakes. I would assume so. It, it's, it's called Appalachian Sipping Cream. 40 proof. That sounds like a like a sex move. <laughs> hey, baby. The Appalachian Sipping Sip cream. cream. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a move. Uh, that's, a, <laughs> that's a pull. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I'd definitely like to get my hands on that at some point. Uh, well, something else that uh, kind of stumbled across my feed uh, to kind of include in our little intro segments here. This could potentially be an ongoing, mainly because this guy just absolutely fascinates me. As Chris is sitting here just rolling his eyes because he probably doesn't get why I find it so funny. <laughs> but I have run across this YouTuber that only has 1,007, uh, yeah, 1,700 subscribers. And, it's, and the name of the channel is Andy's Oldies. And this man has over 6,000 videos uploaded of him singing cover songs. And these aren't just your top 40 hits. It's not just your classic rock hits. This man is covering karaoke style every fucking genre under the sun. Chris, how old does this man appear to be? A solid 102. The man's old as dirt, and he's yeah. doing these cover songs. So I think, considering he's got over 6,000 fucking songs, I'd like to showcase a couple, like one per episode, and have a, have an Andy's Oldies minute, because <laughs> we can't really play full songs on the show, but we can play Andy's Oldies covers. <laughs> so Chris, just, just uh, I'm going to give you a couple artist choices here. And uh, through that artist choice, we're going to cut away to um, old Andy giving us a nice little rendition of. Let's go um, The Cars, Rod Stewart, Beach Boys, or beatles let's do beatles we talked beatles. about the beatles last time all right so with the beatles in mind we're gonna check out paperback writer we'll be right back <laughs> paperback Paperback writer, paperback writer, paperback writer. 
dig up John Lennon, that's what it would sound like. <laughs> this man is giving it his all. And ladies and gentlemen, I do want to say that's one of his better attempts. When I say he has done every band under the sun, it doesn't matter if it's the ones I listed. He's also done The Misfits. He's done Gigi Allen, Engelbert Humperdinck. I mean, it it spans the globe. So check the guy out. I want to focus and showcase a few more songs throughout a few more episodes because this man, he makes me laugh. But there's also something I just absolutely adore about him as well. It's not like purely just a laughing thing. I don't know what it is, but there's something about him that just tickles me to death, though. <laughs> and Chris is just absolutely not amused. <laughs> so with that in mind, let's go ahead and move on over to our news segment. Man, probably the um, thing that hit me the most surprising was uh, Charles Martinet is retiring from doing voice acting for Nintendo. I'm pretty sure they've got enough backlog material to last forever and a day. See, that was my thought process on it, but apparently not. They've already... So they did it very cleverly. So we had the uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder uh, trailer come out, which they had a whole uh, direct focus on that. And I have yet to watch it or we would have been talking about on here. But in that game, they already have a new voice actor and he's doing the voices for what Charles would have done. Or they said they got like a few different voice actors, whatever. But I honestly thought they were going to go down the path that... He retires, but they have so much of his backlog that they could basically like AI or pitch shift and like edit around any old stuff they have. Well, even with that, I don't think there's Mario's not gonna have much to say exactly unless they decided to make him like actually talk, which I've never heard him actually talk other than you know waha and all that bullshit. Yeah, and like like a few small sentences like in some of the other 3D games. Yeah, but like even then, it's like very like I don't remember him talking in Sunshine. I don't remember him talking much in '64. In '64, he had a few sentences like the "So long, gay Bowser." Yeah, and you like, know stuff like, like more, that. More like catchphrases. Than yeah, anything. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here like, we go. Nintendo is really good about making their uh, protagonists not talk, uh, specifically uh, Link. I knew you were gonna go there. <laughs> but he oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. They they don't make him talk. Um, because you're you're you are him you are that person and that's another kind of thing and mario is the same way there's no reason for him to talk really uh, peach talks most of all yeah bowser talks sometimes <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but even in the legend of zelda games zelda talks but yeah you're not going to get a lot of conversation out of the main character because it's supposed to be you, you yeah know, that's the whole point of those games you are that character you talk for them but again i, I of all fields, because like the movie industry has no problem AIing faces and voices and doing whatever, it feels like just the video game industry would be like latching on to that like really hard. Like, okay, you know, we want to continue with our Metal Gear Solid games or whatever. Okay, Snake's gonna fucking sound the same, you know, across all these games because we've got the technology to just make them fucking sound like that. We have so much Charles Martinet that you could just feed a fucking AI system this guy's voice and he could spit out lines until the end of time. I'm just surprised that they just got another voice actor. I think it's just like an end of an era kind of thing. Yeah. Just kind of promote, hey, this is the new 
era of Mario. Mm-hmm. You know, let's go ahead. It's no, it's no slight against him. You no, know, not at all. Man's made a billion goddamn video games. So. Oh yeah, and I'm not sitting here going like, God, it's gonna suck now that Charles doesn't do the voice. Like you said, Mario barely makes noises in the first place. You know, it's and, not like you're talking about a voice actor for a fucking show. Exactly. It's not like we're having to listen to nuances of tone. I mean, any motherfucker can, you know, with enough practice, go yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. with the correct, you know, tone and, you know, Chance pause. the Rapper as fucking Mario. Or exactly. Luigi, Luigi talks more than he does. Yeah. So, like, you know, I'd be more, I'm more worried about the way Wario and Luigi and stuff are going to sound because Charles also did their voices. So, I'm more curious to kind of see what's going to happen with that. I'm honestly not worried about Mario, but the thing that I have been thankful for is it doesn't seem like I've found a lot of people angry about this. Because all. I was really expecting, like, how dare they? They can't. They can't replace Charles. They already did it in the movie, and now they're doing it in the video games. They have no respect for legacy, and it's just like, I'm really glad I'm seeing a lot of people just going, okay, well, let's let's see. Yeah. It, it, it's that very optimistic, cautious, you know. Well, let's see. You know, we're not hating. You know, hold yeah. <laughs> the one nerd holding his arm back against the angry mob. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> let's see. Let's play the game and let's see if he says yep. something off. <laughs> so yeah, um, I thought that was pretty interesting. And one of the other bits that. I didn't do too much reading on, um, but Warner Brothers and Discovery Plus changed their plans to combine the two streaming services. Mm-hmm. It's initially uh, Max and uh, Discovery Plus were what's supposed to be combining together under like one large app. Yeah, so Max is Max is the new HBO Max, uh, and a lot of Discovery uh, AMC is now part of it uh, on a short on a short kind of existence right now um i think they just imported like seven new seven shows from amc over to max so uh amc may be part of that new umbrella which is going to be big because it's another network that's on you know every cable package uh but with discovery you, you could get discovery plus as a whole streaming service but with max it's like half their content i believe is on max so you would have to get Discovery Plus to get the other half of the content. Got it. Uh, Warner Brothers has still stayed kind of close to HBO. I think probably because of SAG-AFTRA, just because they need, the, they need their content to be constantly playing. Um, but afterwards, who knows? You know, redivisioning of everything. Um, but along with that, uh, Disney has pulled from Spectrum. Yeah. So, so, so what exactly does that mean? All right. So when you have a, a cable company... Um, those those other you know production companies Warner Brothers Sony Disney um, they're paid by Spectrum for their content okay uh, Disney didn't agree with the payment they wanted more so Disney pulled their material because Spectrum refused to pay even though Spectrum is a trillion dollar fucking company um, so with that that's all your Disney channels all your FX uh, ABC affiliates. ESPN, ESPN, Hulu. Uh, I actually had a problem with it this morning because um, I have I pay for Disney Plus, so I get ESPN Plus and I get Hulu. So I want to download the ESPN app to watch like Sports Center. I can't watch Sports Center on ESPN Plus because it's not fucking part of it. The main show of ESPN is Sports Center. I can't watch it on ESPN Plus because that makes total fucking sense. Yeah, that no. Yeah, but. 
I'm at a point now where I'm just like, because I pay for Spectrum. I pay for a full package. I pay for cable, TV, and, and a landline like an old man. <laughs> hey, if you need it. Uh, it's $100 for cable. Just the cable. Just the cable. It's 80 bucks for the internet. And it's like 20 for the phone. YouTube TV at the high end is $74 a, a month. It would be cheaper for me to get YouTube TV, which has ESPN, you know, all these live channels. So we are actually into this weird little market right now where cable cutting and internet service is your biggest fucking problem. I can see this being an issue when enough people cable cut, internet's just going to go skyrocketing to make, you know, make their nut. But with that being said, I mean, from what I understand, we as a nation still charge like some of the highest rates for internet. Yeah, and we where we live, like even in Charlotte, it's still on the cheap end. Like here it's cheap. Whether you got Google or Fiber or if you got Spectrum or whatever, it's still cheaper. But if yeah. you go to somewhere let's say where those providers don't exist. Let's, for example, Frontier Internet charges by the gig. Wow. Yeah, and those are people that live in you know more rural states like Kentucky and West Virginia. You know they could do shit like that because they could fuck them. Hmm. But if you're more give them an inconvenience fee. Yeah, but if you're in a more <laughs> metropolitan, if you're in a more metropolitan area or a more developed area, <laughs> yeah, you'll get Spectrum or um, AT and T or Google. You know. Um, I'm telling you, ever since I got fiber, I have not looked back. That, yeah, so that has like, been awesome. So, like, where I live, AT&T and Spectrum are probably the only two available. Man, AT&T is still better than Spectrum, dude. Not where I live. Really? Where I live, AT&T is awful. Oh, uh, damn. Uh, the, even the cell phones don't fucking work. So, <laughs> Yeah, even even in town, it's like, that. that's why I was so glad. Because where I live here, Spectrum will get a monopoly on internet service and they have a monopoly on charlotte because they will go to um apartment complexes and they will get exclusivity yes that's how it works yep so for the longest time i guess we had exclusivity with uh, spectrum over here and then about maybe what five six years ago that's when we heard that google fiber was coming to charlotte and i checked in with the leasing office no we will not be allowing Google Fiber at your apartment. Fast forward a couple years, I get a little message. Hey, fiber technicians are going to come in and swap out the standard cable things that are in there. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, so so we'll have the option for that now? They're like, yeah. It's like, oh, cool. And, and sure as shit, a few months ago, I finally swapped over. And man, I have just quickly realized that I just have to update a few of my streaming things in the house because I kind of blamed the internet for a while. <laughs> but it's like all of a sudden, my computers are working smooth. My phone's working smooth. TV yeah. downstairs works great. It's the fucking fire stick. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was the internet. <laughs> yeah, so like it's, that's just something you have to deal with. Uh, actually, not far from here. Um, a few counties up, you have like independent internet companies like Yadtel, which yeah. is Yadkin uh, Telecommunications. That's their own internet service. It's not as good, but it's not Spectrum either. So yep. there's a lot of there's a lot of you know little mom and pop shops that are still existing that are probably. Oh yeah, I mean when we lived in uh, Roanoke, Virginia, we had Cox Cable, which so we also had Cox Internet. So of course you know we were giggling like, dicks, dicks, mm. dicks, yep, dicks, yep, dicks. yep. <laughs> Turn on the Dick TV. Yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, speaking of AMC, um, part of our main topic a little later on was uh, I actually saw today, uh, finally got to see the Barbie movie. But uh, one of the trailers that popped up before that, AMC is spinning off The Walking Dead once again. Okay, why not? And it's an entire show about Daryl fucking Dixon. Yeah, he's in uh, Europe. Yep. (sighs) Makes no goddamn sense. I really feel like they're like five years too late for this. Like, if they had made this show five years ago, it could have done something. I don't think people give a fuck anymore. uh, It it is a dying fan base, but it's still there. See, that's the thing. People who make just buku content will still say, no, there's a, there's a, a fan base for it. Let's see where it goes. They're, they're about to hit that Game of Thrones issue where they kind of go past the books, well, which I they mean, already kind of did. Well, I mean, wasn't the main problem with, like, you know, Walking Dead fandom anyway is, like, the last few seasons, like, you know, genuinely sucked ass? Well, it's because they went so far from the content. Uh, certain characters died off. Certain characters live. They added characters that didn't exist. You know, and, any, like, the pacing of the story, I heard, was just god-awful. It's, it's weird. Uh, or it's like you'd have a genuine episode one, then, like, four episodes of filler, and then another genuine episode, then mid-season break. Yeah, so they they would they had this problem where people started asking questions about what are the logistics of this goddamn show. Uh, one problem I've always had with shows like this, like the apocalypse shows, no one rides bicycles. So, like... <laughs> The fact that the, the the enemy of the show, the main crux of the show, is not only just the human element, but zombies in general. They don't run. Okay, this isn't this isn't like you know the, like, the fresh ones are a little fast. Yeah, in the Walking they, Dead universe, but they're not going to run. They never run. No, um, they swarm on you, but they never run. And I'm just like, if you had a bicycle, ching ching, is out, out the fuck away. But it doesn't make sense while cars still work because cars would stop working about six months later because gas is bad. There's no way to keep gas good. Even if you had, like, let's say, a, a, a 500 gallon trunk, like, tank, mm-hmm. and you just kept pouring octane solution in it, after six months, it's going to be trash. It's not going to work anymore. Interesting. So, that's what, so gas stops working after six months. Yeah. It expires. Uh, but, like, to me, I'm just like, why are they still driving a fucking, I think it's like a, a Mazda. Like, <laughs> oh, they're, they're bouncing around cars all the fucking yeah, time. Yeah, but like they had a strict deal with Mazda that they could show a, a Mazda vehicle, but it couldn't be damaged. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. Uh, is that I why guess I don't want to fucking show a Mazda. Is that why you're driving a Mazda Sport with no damage in like a four-year-long apocalypse? <laughs> Mazda. On perfect the for roads. the I'm just like For the zombie apocalypse. What the fuck? <sighs> okay. I get it. No one likes bicycles. But, but so I, I need get, a skateboard. Like so, I I fell off. I wouldn't say er, well. I mean, I guess kind of early on in the pantheon of Walking Dead. Now a I feel, lot of fans left after like season three. That's roughly where I I feel like the last episode I watched was like the season that they were they met Negan, but it wasn't the season that he did all the murders. Yeah, that's probably like five and six. Yeah, yeah, that's when everybody fell off. Yeah, so so that's when I kind of just quit paying attention it really feels like like by watching the trailer and like the thing of it all because i know that i know that rick left first and then i think daryl left the show too didn't he or is he still part of the main cast he's been he's been part of this main cast since the finale 
Okay, so they so they've had a finale though. Yeah. Okay. So you see, I, that's how far disconnected I've been. I figured the main show so, was running still in some so for capacity. People, for people who are listening who've not watched kept up with the show, there's two <laughs> there's two spinoffs. There's going to be one with Daryl, and there's going to be one with this girl named Maggie and Negan, where they go to New York. It's got this kind of weird escape from New York kind of vibe, but I'm not going to watch it. No. This this is like AMC is kind of beat the horse to death on this one you know what i'm saying they've really the cash cow's dead yeah because they did that one spinoff series i had nothing to do with the main group the fear of the walking dead yeah uh that one was actually more compelling was it a little bit mm. until you know towards the end there yeah but amc was so good at making shows like yeah, FX. those first few seasons were fucking yeah. great dude i watched it live halloween night when it came out back in 2009 yeah uh yeah i, I was in my first apartment that time and we sat down and holy shit this new show's coming on we had a cable package like we had for like a week just to watch this goddamn series and bam we watched it and we had a bunch of people over and it was a really cool thing and now it's just it's nothing i think part of the reason it may have hit so well one because it was shot edited and done extremely well but two it was before and not to sound like fucking old man shit but it's just it's you know exposure we didn't have a lot of that. We didn't have a really cool ongoing horror series. Yeah, that was non-existent. We didn't have that. And even the and if I remember at the time, that mid to early 2000s was not great when it came to like, you know, the horror franchises even in theaters. Like some of the more indie movies like maybe VHS and some of those were doing pretty well, but like the mainstream blockbuster horror films weren't hitting. They were making a lot of money. It was a billion-dollar industry at that time. That era is actually the era we talked about before in another episode. Uh, was the remake era, mm. which was your Texas Chainsaw, your Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. The remake era is when they really started popping off in 2007 to 2009. Uh, it was a billion-dollar industry. like It was making money, uh, but it was remakes. Yeah, uh, Walking, the, the- De- Walking Dead, however, was... A genre that no one had ever made a real show about. Yeah, it, it was, was always, a, it was a comic book adaptation, but thing, it also served itself as because, as you were saying, the remake era. One, it served as an adaptation. Oh yeah, let's take something that folks already know. That's easy. Two, it's a way for us to make a new Night of the Living Dead without having to make a Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, and by that time, no one had cared about those movies anymore. But with it that, was all vampires. The only the only thing close to that was the CW with supernatural um which was like 2005 2006 but that wasn't very horrorous i mean this there's 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 some horror aspects seasons like whole seasons dedicated to horror but it wasn't uh it wasn't like that where it's it's an ongoing apocalypse you know this that show was about two guys just killing shit um just the boys just the boys (laughs) yeah that's coming back out. I can't and they're wait. Gonna, and they're going to show the uh, Iron Man-esque character who was deplorable as fuck oh, in the boy. comics. <laughs> as, as Chris grins ear to ear. Oh, you want to talk about a monster? <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about the Iron Man guy that's in The Boys? Um, <laughs> but no, so with that, it was so good when it lasted, and then it just kind of goes off the rails. Uh, and it was a show of its time. You know, if you go back and watch that first season, you could see, like, 
Yeah, the quality's not really there, but before that time, it was top-notch. But, you know, I think that's also because I've made that uh, exact same observation before, that the quality may have not been there. Over time, though, I've come to appreciate it more. It almost has more of a grindhouse feel, more of an indie feel. Yeah, well, there's, you know, Kirkman by himself there for a little while. Yeah. Um, but this is also AMC. AMC that created Breaking Bad. Okay. The most, you know comprehensive show on television for a very long time they had mad men very successful show amc went from showing fucking mob movies and yeah. like in westerns and shit to actually making their own content and they did a great job because right after that they got the green light to make preacher preacher is a bad out of hell fucking show it makes no goddamn sense but it's fun <laughs> it, it, it is it is fucking nuts of a show but it was quality, and they ended it. There was no push to go mm. further. It ended. This could have ended. Yeah. And made spinoffs later. But, like, you got people. Then they did a spitoff of fucking Breaking Bad, which is Better Call Saul, which is a good show. But, but it lucked out. Yeah, but it's so fucking long. Yeah. And there's just too much of just playing off. I guess your IP. I guess there's sometimes you, you need to finish the story. You know, I love, I love, I do love every down and then. It's the never ending story, Chris. Never ending story is fucking stupid. I fucking hated that shit. Yeah, yeah the fucking dr- wish dragon. He kills people at the end. Like, everybody forgets that part. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. It, it's hard to say. Like, FX probably does it better because FX ends their shit. Yeah. The end. <laughs> like, Sons of Anarchy ended. Yeah. Rescue Me ended. You know, The Shield ended. Justified. And. These shows are fucking done. Yeah. All right. Justified came back to tell a new story, but it's fucking done after this. So, like, it's okay to end a show. It, folks. it was, would you say it was justified? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, and it had a great ending. Yeah. All those FX shows have great endings, <laughs> but they ended. That's, that, I think that's the hardest part about telling somebody you need to stop doing something. <laughs> Speaking of needing to tell someone to stop doing something, Firefest 2 Fuck yeah. is officially happening, quote unquote. Why not? And tickets are already sold out. Why not? This the first thing that came to my mind was how many tickets were sold purely on skepticism. All of them. <laughs> I got Pure, to know. Purely as a, I got to know. let's just find out. I want to be part of the next documentary. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be. I want to be. I to be contacted by A twenty four. Bro, this reeks. This reeks of that. If, if the fucking uh, submarine company came out and was just like, we have a new one, and it's only made of plastic, <laughs> and and all of a sudden they're booked out till twenty twenty five. Yeah, like that. That's the vibes it's giving off. I think this is a. This is kind of the same thing that's been happening a lot with bigger tours where they get sold out very quickly and then scalpers come. I think that's why it sold out very fast is so people couldn't scalp it at the end or mostly scalpers probably bought Bane bundles of tickets. You know, that could be the issue. Like uh, from what I understand, the Eras tour was for uh, Taylor Swift shit ton of goddamn scalpers for that oh yeah and oh Ticketmaster, yeah and Ticketmaster didn't do shit as always but I did hear the SoFi Stadium 
sold out Metallica more than they did Taylor Swift. So, yes, they did. Good on you, you old fucks. <laughs> I know. I love it. And not even as like a fuck Taylor Swift thing, but just as, and not even as like a diehard Metallica fan, but just as a, I'm glad that a rock show is still number one somewhere. Not just rock show, thrash metal band that's still kicking. Like Fucking right. <laughs> it's like, I'd be as happy as if, you know, even though I don't like them, I would even be as happy as to hear something like Guns N' Roses or Slash or Motley Crue did the same. It's oh, like, come on, man. What what about that rat tour coming back <laughs> in 2000? Either 2024. Me and you are going to be there, brother. We'll know two songs, but we'll be there. <laughs> Bounty in man. <laughs> God damn. Wait, wait for the network when me and Alex do our, our nine minute two part episode <laughs> about the, the history of rap. They were a band. I saw them once on VH1 Classic. I had a buddy that had a t shirt. The end. <laughs> then we just watched Young Guns. I asked my mom about them and she handed me a Cinderella CD. Fucking Cinderella. <laughs> and, uh,. Through through many other mishaps in um, um, music festivals, uh, this came across my feed, and you also made sure to bring it up with a huge smile on your face and a <laughs> afterward is the fact that uh, Burning Man got rained the fuck out, and uh, people are trapped there now. Yes, they're telling them to conserve water, fuel, and food uh, because they're all a bunch of dirty goddamn hippies in the desert. Fun <laughs> fact, folks, Burning Man used to be this weird niche thing out in the fucking desert. Yeah. And now it's just nothing but a bunch of dirty hippies yeah. <laughs> who ruined it for well, everyone. As they usually do. Yeah, because hippies are awful. Give, give peace and love a chance, Chris. No. Fuck no. Give peace and love a chance. No. Take that beetle loving bullshit you, somewhere you else. You need to use your platform to uh, better your community. My platform is about telling the truth about chemtrails. All right, so <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe they can shut the fuck up. I've been Smoke going, another bowl, you piece of shit. I've been watching that dude uh, going back and reviewing those old VH1 MTV uh, movie award and music yeah. award things. And like, I forgot just how every fucking musician was so far up their ass around that period. Like when they took their acceptance speech, you know, thank you for this award, but I'd really like to bring attention to the poverty going on and the yada yada. You know, we should make donations. Thank you. Well, the guy from Smashing Pumpkins is talking about chemtrails live on stage for yeah. Yeah. 20 goddamn minutes <laughs> yeah it's like i forgot just how up some of these musicians asses Ricky they were race did it best come up here accept your fucking award thank your god and leave <laughs> but yeah burn I, i'm i'm i would say i'm surprised burning man and stuff still exists but at the same time i'm not shocked because they're they're well, just no, using said, the name yeah because it's like coachella or yeah. south by southwest you know these are big 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 things that people go to so coachella is probably the closest thing to burning man right now so like and even those those are fucking weird as shit i will say the first handful of burning men i've seen some stuff on it even though i don't give two shits about the bands that still would have been a fun experience like just oh, yeah. like seeing like just the first few before it got outrageous when it was all genuinely a hey we're gonna pretend to be hippies for a weekend we've all brought some food we brought a little bit of drugs there's gonna be some bands playing uh let's all look out for each other and just have a fucking good time well like <laughs> the, the first like original birdie man were people weren't even hippies it was just people who wanted to go out there and do a fuck ton of non-hippie related drugs yeah it wasn't we're going out here to smoke weed in the desert no motherfucker i'm gonna do ecstasy for eight goddamn days yeah and hopefully i have enough bottled water and not die like, that's <laughs> 
that's a fucking like pain Olympics kind of thing. Okay, so like that's what that was. And then it slowly turned into uh, the hits hip- the rapper. That fucking bird. What? Well, then it slowly turned into the fucking um, hippie com- uh, commune that uh, King of the Hill did the episode yeah. on. You ate the stew. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was like it, at one time the most popular band at Burning Man was Ween. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this wasn't a music festival. This is like opening your goddamn mind festival. Like people were taking LSD, fucking an ecstasy together. So like an MDMA or DMT that was first developed. You know, this, this is some weird goddamn first bur- gen. Yeah, and they burnt a giant effigy of a man. Yeah, <laughs> and that was it. See, and that's the part I would have liked to have hung around for. I, I, I would have totally done the whole you know fucking dance around in a circle. Yeah, bullshit. and they all dressed like fucking weirdos, and that oh, was yeah. it. But now it's just a bunch of like new age hippies out there with their spiritual bullshit getting stuck and oh my god i smoked all my weed the first day i ate all my food the second day and now i'm out of water <laughs> i'm gonna die yeah there you are this, this is as worse as the fucking uh submarine man yeah <laughs> it's not but okay and uh the last little bit of news i had that i thought was really cool uh there's a modder working on a realistic lightsaber mod uh, for the uh current star wars games good because it looks fucking stupid in, mo- in games now yeah uh in the current games it basically works like uh the current disney show where lightsabers will bounce off fucking lights, uh, stormtrooper armor. That's the way it basically acts in the video games. And yeah, this. Kid- oh, let me just stab someone with a lightsaber and they not die. Yeah, we've been watching Ahsoka, and I feel like that's going to be an interesting review. I saw episode. that. I was just like, holy shit, that's Capella. You just killed somebody. Oh, yeah. Wait, fuck it. We'll see. Okay, well, since it is going to be a minute before we probably uh, talk about that, I will say, I. N- I know when they made that move that the that they knew nerds were going to be like the fuck. They did one little thing that I noticed. She got stabbed higher up. Okay. It probably missed something that it didn't hit with Qui Gon. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure she doesn't have a uh, a liver in that area of the universe. Because I saw where she got fucking stabbed. That liver's yeah. gone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that's 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 a called a gut shot. It takes days to die, but she took fucking magical lightsaber to the fucking stomach. Well, it cauterized everything. That's not how that works when it comes to an organ. That, <laughs> that's how that works when it comes to like an arm. <laughs> <laughs> but your organs don't do that. But you know, it's, I'm not. I'm, it's it's fantasy. So like, let's, let's gonna, let it go. I was gonna say we had Ahsoka jumping around on a spaceship too. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> why not? Logistics aren't real. Uh, yeah, so... This is why Star Trek's better, because people die in Star Trek over little shit. <laughs> little things kill people in Star Trek, like getting injected into space. <laughs> we need to find another one of our friends that genuinely likes both. Right. He's a big Star Trek fan. And uh, and at that point, we need to uh, have a debate between you and I and have him as a moderator. Yeah. Well, I think Star Trek's better. Mm-hmm. Or no, pose, pose generalistic questions about both spe- space-themed shows. Be like, explain to me why your show has better blank. Yeah. And then you would have to retort. I know one thing that will piss him the fuck off and it pisses every Star Trek fan off, is the theme song to Star Trek Enterprise. It is the gayest goddamn song. Because uh, one day we were we were all meeting at the uh, storage unit, yeah. the practice space, and I started humming it, and he's just like, you motherfucker. 
he's like, he's like, you son of a bitch, because it gets stuck in your head. Yeah. And when you've been watching the show, because it is a good show, yeah, but yeah. that Steve song sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and you start singing it, because it doesn't fit the aesthetic of anything Star Trek related. <laughs> I can see it too, just turn you. Oh fuck you! <laughs> it's like having Danny Elfman do a horror soundtrack. <laughs> it's like it doesn't. It, it, well, he did Batman. It's Batman. I'm talking about like, it's like Evil Dead. Danny yeah. Elfman. <laughs> Welcome to Evil Dead. Squeak, 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 squeak. Bop, bop, bop. And it's just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I will rape your soul. She crawls down the steps. <laughs> I'll eat your soul. And it's just like, is that Daddy Elfman? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, get fucked. <laughs> Ah, man. Well, speaking of, let's go ahead and move on over to our main topic. Yeah, for our main topic this week, it's going to be kind of a creature double feature. (laughs) Talk about two movies that uh, each of us have seen. Uh, As I mentioned earlier in the episode, I got back from seeing Barbie recently. And Chris, you saw a movie recently. Yeah, I saw the new Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yeah, I wish I was in theaters and saw this movie. Like, this is a legitimately good fucking movie. It's better than Mario. Well, let's go ahead and kick off with the new Dungeons and Dragons movie because, um, much like you, probably have no interest at all in seeing Barbie. I had no interest at I all. I wish I seeing- saw Barbie after I watched Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> like that is an existential crisis. Like watching that movie, I was sad. Like legitimately, just depressed. <laughs> I have a weird feeling that like. Your per- the perception of Barbie changes greatly after watching Oppenheimer too. Yeah, and I'll explain why. I, mean, I think that activates both parts of your brain, so it kind of balances itself out <laughs> a little bit. But yeah, the existentialism of you know the nuclear apocalypse brought on by science and rage and hate and women are people. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's just talk about that. <laughs> but no, the Dungeons and Dragons movie was fantastic. It. it if you've ever played a role-playing game close or even watched someone play the game, it's got that feel. Uh, Chris Pine does a fantastic job. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez typecasted, as always, as a strong female you know, warrior character, but plays it well. It's fun. Uh, they kind of hid some stuff away from the trailers this time, so I saw stuff that was actually good that wasn't in the trailer. Uh they they make terrible mistakes like you would in a role playing game. Okay, you know if I said, "Hey, Alex, like let's you know we're playing a role playing game." Mm-hmm. Alex, your character walks into a bar. You guys are about to go on stage. Where do you go? Yeah, where do you go first? And just say something. Um, go to the bathroom. All right, you notice a guy coming out of the bathroom. He looks you in the eye. What do you do next? Uh, say, hey, excuse me, man. He stabs you in the chest three times. What do you do? Ah. Like, that's how, that's how, like, hey, see, that's how that plays out. Yeah, yeah Especially yeah. in my role playing game. Uh, <laughs> but like, uh, the madness at the milestone. <laughs> but like, murder at the milestone. But like, that's how it could play out yeah. in, a, in a role playing game. It go terribly, terribly wrong, or really, really fucking lucky. Right, right. And it walk sh- to the bathroom hot blonde walks out yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> her dick might be bigger than yours but, like, <laughs> but you were about to score yeah um, <laughs> but like it, it, it plays out like uh, you know the, the characters get really really lucky or really really bad and the story was good uh, it played out like a campaign uh, they showed enough different landscapes that someone would put in a game uh, they didn't use a lot of CGI really there are a lot of characters in it that are like uh 
eagle people or lizard people and stuff like that they used actual like puppetry mechanics and stuff like costumes so, so even like set design wasn't very cgi because it feels like that that would have been a whole like lot of like background but like you could tell they built the town okay they, they they picked a little area outside and built a little town okay or they built a little village because in um, some of the trailer scenes i saw it seemed kind of like mystical where i was just like it feels like maybe a lot of the behind the scenes was like that lord of the Rings shit where it's just like in star wars prequel where it's like walls of green and you're having yeah, to just yeah, act no, against when you're doing, tennis when you're doing balls. like massive uh transitioning shots of like where they're going like uh star wars does a lot like you see you see the whole city of Coruscant or the whole planet of you know that's all going to be CGI but when they're walking no, around uh. but when they're walking around it's a set right you know they've built this set up a little bit uh, they've only added little CGI here and there for effect yeah. um, but like the characters themselves not a lot of CGI like when they meet like a bum character who's like a lizard man guess what it's that guy in a costume who looks like a giant lizard man alright so, um the only things that really have to be CGI'd are <coughs> the active action scenes where they're falling off a fucking building, like 50, 50 stories or something like that, obviously. Yeah. Um, you're not hiring the guys from Mission Impossible to do this shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise ain't around. Yeah, Tom Cruise ain't around. But no, it, it, the story, like I said, was very good. It introduced a bunch of stuff without being confusing. Uh, the character lays out his story very quickly, like you would in a and d game. Hey, uh, Welcome everybody to the first session of the game. Alex, tell me about your tell me some backstory about you and your character and you would just lay out your character, their attributes, you know, and give a backstory. That's the whole fun thing about playing games like D&D. You have a backstory that you can use for the game later on. Right. Hey, you know, my character fought in a war. Guess what? That's going to come in handy later on down the road because, mm-hmm. you know, we might be a fighter or something like that or a magician or some bullshit. Um, now was the movie self-aware at all? a little bit but not in a mean way right like they did understand that, like hey there is the storytelling aspect and it is goofy as fuck but because well, i was trying to figure out so like with jumanji um they kind of they go a little metal with it where they realize that like if they you know do that to like their chest or whatever their stats show up you know and they're like and, or like they realize they're in a game type deal was anyone like transported to this or was it just all of a sudden like wow welcome to the world of D? now nah, this was a, a cohesive story like just uh just like a story being told through D&D. Like, if you, let's say you watched people play D&D and decided to write a book about it. Right. I'm talking about, like, the, so the opening. So, like, was it real people transported into the world of D&D? No. Or you're just immediately in the you're world of... In you're okay. in. First thing you hear is Chris Pine <coughs> narrating his story to a group of people. Um, he's in jail. He's got to narrate his story. Blah, blah, blah. And he gives a convincing backstory right before he hits into the action. But it's not Chris Pine talking about his character. It's it's the character talking about himself. Got it. Okay. So, so, okay. But, but he gives a reason why he's in jail. So now we have a backstory and it's compelling and let's let's really go into it. And it's it's a fun thing. And they and like I said, they hit a lot of stuff from the trailers, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was really good. You know, one thing that's in it, Bradley Cooper's in it. Okay. He just shows up. He's like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and he's a small person. He's like he's a human, but he's really small compared to the other people because right. he's just a miniature human person, and it's just so weird seeing him. Like, it you probably got made him. you very mad. Well, no, like it's just like 
he stopped working for Marvel for two goddamn minutes, like, like just to show up in this cool D and D movie. Yeah, but that, that's kind of like funny thing. Like if you're, let's say you're watching like a Kevin Smith movie, and all of a sudden Jack Nicholson showed the fuck up. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> wait, 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 Kevin, Kevin Smith got Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he should, hey, what did he do? What, what did he say? Oh, he said nothing. Just bought a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. Like it was kind of that kind of you know uh, little quirky thing. The bad guy was really cool, mm-hmm. and what they did was they pulled for new fans of D and D. Oh, nice! A lot of character creation stuff. A lot of tools that you use in the game. Um, like I'll say, you're a dungeon master. You're trying to trick up the players in the game there's a lot of lore in mm-hmm. there that's very simplified to make the movie not feel dragged out and bogged down with lure you know kind of like uh, like a return of the jedi where it's just bogged down with characters like there's so many goddamn ewoks but like uh, <laughs> are we counting each ewok as a character yes they talk and they eat people so yeah <laughs> You love to bring up the fact they eat people. It's space Vietnam. Okay, it's it's, it's important. It never ended. <laughs> uh, but when you're watching, you know, like, when you're watching something like this, it's not too bogged down with dialogue. The dialogue is still fun. You feel for the characters because they're getting fucked over very quickly, uh, and you kind of don't see it coming. Like they don't telegraph a lot of stuff in this movie, which I love. Um, but it's also an adventurer's journey. You know, you're watching guys pick people up on a team and add to their team to to do a goal. Does that goal succeed? Sometimes in D and D, it doesn't fucking work. You got to figure something out. You have to problem solve in those games. It's kind of like playing Monopoly if the banker was a, like an asshole. <laughs> so play Monopoly with you. Yeah. yeah there's interest. <laughs> Chris, I passed go. No. Yes, I did. I passed no. to go. Like, <laughs> tell me, tell me again. Say it again. So, what did you pass? Huh? What did you pass? I, 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 I landed on Park Place. Yeah, that's that's four hundred dollars. Okay, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. I always see these weird. I always get sent these weird ass fucking memes of like you know the constant memes is just like. Oh, I'll have. I don't know how I'm going to pay for that. Well, I think of a way you can pay for that, and it's just like a sex act. And mm-hmm. then some people are like, "We're playing Monopoly." <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford my rent. And it's just like we're playing goddamn Monopoly. I think I can help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh God! I can't no more wait for a Monopoly. I can't wait for a Monopoly movie. It's just called capitalism. <laughs> I was gonna say we're just living Monopoly. We don't have to watch a movie about it. It's so goddamn sad. <laughs> But he keeps part every time he turns around the block, he just gets two hundred bucks, <laughs> and it's still never enough. But uh, but no, like if you go and watch it, even as someone who doesn't play D anD D or or really into fantasy, I think it's I think you still have a good time watching it. Yeah, because it's geared for everyone in a way that the jokes are still funny. Um, and it, like it is a fantasy story, but it's still fun. Like, right, there are some jokes like they do uh, they do the same where they resurrect a dead body. And it's puppets. Really? It's all puppeteering. Like like Hellboy. Yeah. Like he's carrying that skeleton. Like it's just like that. They they do a lot of practical effects for this. And oh, yeah. for me, it's something I wish I went to theaters and saw. Mm. Just for the fact that Led Zeppelin was in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's still it's still a fun, fast paced movie. 
that doesn't drain your fucking time. I think it's like an hour 20. Oh, so it's a, it's a pretty quick ride. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if you get a chance, watch it. Uh, it's on Paramount Plus right now. Oh, word. Yeah, so it's very, very fun. Yeah, see, that that was one I saw, I saw the trailers for, and again, just not being a player or, you know, fan of the franchise, I was just like, eh, I, I, I'm going to let them have their fun. <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, it kind of reminds me of the Star Trek movies when they came out, the last three. Um, there are people who aren't Star Trek fans who went and saw that and were like, that was really good. Like, I, they really enjoyed those movies. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who watch Star Trek movies, but not the show and still love the sh- movies like right. there's a big fan base for that kind of like people who just watch like a handful of star wars films mm-hmm. and have never seen anything else they're like oh no those were good movies well, did you see the show no so I don't, give sh- I don't give a shit oh i love star wars which is your favorite uh the second one. Oh yeah yeah well there was only three right which one was it uh, when he talks about sand <laughs> that's my favorite one <laughs> No, I love the people who are like, yeah, there was three Star Wars, right? I think Disney just started up some new ones. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> You're that fan. <laughs> You're yeah. actually tolerable. Yeah, I heard they gave a bu- this old man a bunch of money for like a bunch of stories he wrote. <laughs> Those are the actual Star Wars fans I like. Yeah. <laughs> They're not up their ass about it. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, like I said, it's a, I, it's a 9 out of 10 for me. Really? A yeah. 9 out of 10? Yeah, it's probably my f- probably my one of my favorite movies of 2023 wow um i've been on a horror kick mostly but this is a fun movie like it it could have been like a good matinee show kind of thing i should have went to yeah yeah but i don't want to go to the goddamn movies <laughs> <laughs> but you used to love going to the movies sometimes my uh, i found out recently my, my town uh, no longer has a movie theater well uh, that makes it a little more difficult yeah fuck them Fuck yeah the, fuck my hometown and go straight to hell um <laughs> uh, we have a mall that's still standing that is filled with black mold and the ceiling's falling they refuse to de- demolish it for god only knows and the whole district of the area is just trash god damn it is a nice place to do heroin though <laughs> but not watch a movie nope well, no, I, I well, really, no wonder it's a good place to do heroin. They can't fucking sit down and you know escape for a fucking hour and a half, two hours to well, watch they can a movie. Sit down and escape. Well, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. The they, can't, they can't do it with the movie anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, our fucking movie theater got torn down and turned into a, a part uh, a car lot. Um, I was I was about tempted to just drive down here to the goddamn Starlight. Really? No, but Starlight's a great theater if you get yeah. a chance. Um, but now you can drink in most theaters, so it don't really matter. <laughs> Yeah, we uh we had just gotten back from the the Cinemark, which is uh yeah. which one movie did we see over there? Was it did we see Doctor Strange or no, Thor? We saw, uh, Kevin Smith's movie. And you went to the theaters and watched uh That's what it was. Yes. I was trying Parks. to rem- Yeah, I was trying to remember what movie we went out that way to Parks go three. see. Yep, yep. And you walked out the first 5 minutes and missed the first beginning. <laughs> Because you're not a goddamn fan. <laughs> well, because we sit the fuck down and it's just like and they're finished up like those movie phone things or whatever. I'm just like, I'm gonna go take a piss real quick. I'll be right back. And I like come walking back up as this like he's doing the hey kids, it's me, Kevin Smith. Thanks for coming here and supporting my film. And I'll walk in and like side note, we're like the only fucking people in the fucking screening. So it felt One like another person was- showed up like five minutes into the movie yeah yeah so it's like i walk back in and chris is the only one in there he's just like some fucking fan you are (laughs) why not no the only other person that showed up was like this 
older lady that like at first i thought she kind of like stumbled into the wrong movie and was gonna like leave but like she sat down like in the rows in front of us and like stayed there for the whole thing and i was like okay i don't know if you know what you just bought but okay (laughs) that's what i want to be when i get old it's just buy a ticket to a movie and just walk into the random theater and just sit yeah. down and watch. <laughs> just why the fuck not? This <laughs> gradually slip into senility during Thor 7. <laughs> <laughs> Give kids the finger while they're walking in. <laughs> I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> and Ortega is Thor. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Why not? I bet you get fucking ripped. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we had gotten back in, uh, from seeing Barbie and... As, as much as it was, you know, a movie about, you know, hey, women are real people, too. Dude, they knew that guys were going to get drugged to this movie. And even though I didn't get drugged to it, I was genuinely curious about, you know, what the movie was like. For the guys that kind of just got drugged to it, they put some stuff in there for us that was, like, genuinely really fun. Um, I definitely wouldn't give it a 9 out of 10. I wasn't sitting here on, like, the edge of my seat going, like, holy crap, this is amazing. Awesome, disposable popcorn flick type deal. I think that's I think that's probably what made it so popular. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it definitely carried a message. It was definitely a movie that had something to say. There's, there's no getting around that. And what it had to say wasn't extremely ham-fisted. It was maybe a little repetitive. Um, and I've also come to realize that just, I kind of have a good group of people around me. So like, I don't see that kind of stuff often because like the dudes I hang out with aren't like the ultra mega misogynistic type deal. So it's like a lot of times I always see that kind of stuff and I'm like, this is really getting blown out of fucking, this almost feels like a Saturday night live skit, but like I've been seeing it a little bit more in person recently, like more than usual. And I'm like, okay, maybe. Maybe they do have a point. <laughs> so the the movie kicks off standardized. It's exactly what you see in the trailers. Uh, but they also do the thing of like a lot of the third act is not in the trailer. A lot of there's twists and shit in yeah. it that actually paid off. Um, everything is perfect in Barbie world. Women rule everything. And this is it is a barber world and and this is the reason why i feel like their message didn't feel like some bashing over the head feminist movie the first five minutes of the movie they're making fun of themselves yeah and the fact that women rule the world they're doing it kind of tongue-in-cheek everything is perfect here we've abolished uh you know any sort of you know male problems women rule it all but like it shows them kind of like clumsily doing everything like hey we run the senate i think you're pretty you're pretty too okay adjourned they're kind of like making fun of it a little bit but it makes it all sense later on so the whole hook of it is that Barbie gets brought into the real world because you learn within the film that the Barbies that inhabit Barbie world, which is only slightly adjacent from L.A. <laughs> in the real world, um, all of them exist because they exist in the real world at one point in time. Stereotypical Barbie is uh, Margot Robbie's name, and she starts getting visions of sadness when usually they feel nothing but happiness. They're doing this big dance disco party thing, and she's like, do you guys ever think about dying? 
and then like it, the music stops and they're all just fucking looking at her the like fuck did you just say yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's like i don't know ex- existential dread <laughs> and they're like whoa and then so she has to fake it off and you know play it through but all these weird visions are calling to her she meets up with this the weird barbie which is the if if sid had a barbie essentially just cut the hair paint the face is uh, kate mckinnon's character right correct she tells her this is like yo you know hop a plane you know do all this do do the montage get out of here go to the real world uh side story ken played by um ryan gosling, ryan gosling you know he's his and only, his gay friend michael Sarah. his <laughs> yeah his only purpose and he says it straight up front is the fact that you know so barbie has a good day every single day he only has a good day if barbie says hello to him so he is just mega simp and uh, worships the ground she uh, steps on tries to give her a kiss and she's just like what are you doing he's just like i don't know she's like okay well good night tonight's girls night he's like yeah it's it's girls night every night i'm never allowed to stay over you know just absolute just bow brow beaten so he tags along to come out to the real world because something is driving Barbie to go out. And plus, she wants to see how the real world has been changed because of all the Barbies. And of course, she gets a hard dose of reality. And the two split. And this is when the, re- the movie really sets foot. So Barbie goes off to find who she thinks is the girl that's having these bad suicidal thoughts and feelings of abandonment and, you know, loneliness and yeah. this, that, and the other, while Ken just fucks off. Ken goes to a library and learns about the patriarchy and goes, this is really cool. Learns about horses, all this shit. All of a sudden, he's taking like this quick course on how to be like the most toxic dude ever and it's fucking hilarious just watching him walk around and like walk up to like this business office he's like i'd like an extremely high paying job please and there's like yeah um you need like a degree in this that, and the other he goes but i'm a man and they're like right but that's not really how he goes oh so you guys aren't doing patriarchy here then (laughs) and the cast kind of leans forward he's like no no no, we we do we do we're we're just a lot better at hiding it now (laughs) (laughs) the conspiracy of (laughs) yes and uh so that kind of sets their two on their own courses the barbie story was of course a lot more compelling because there was a lot of layers to it she's brought there because some teenage girls feeling bad meets up with the girl absolutely gives her a tongue lashing she goes running off crying and then you come to find out she's not there because of the girl She's there because of the mom. The mom was the one that had the connection with the Barbie toy, and she's losing the connection with her daughter, so she's projecting the feelings onto the daughter's old toy. Big, weird, like, connecting of the things. They go to the Mattel office, and they are surprisingly cool with being shown as the villain. Like, Mattel had their stamp all over this fucking movie. And as soon as you walk in the office, gray, black, stainless steel, nothing, no color. And everyone is just like suits, ties, all that. The only color is in Will Will Ferrell's office. He's like the main CEO guy. So 
really portrayed as the villain they're just trying to get barbie back in the box they're worried about if she stays out for too long it's going to disrupt the set and the other by the time they get back ken has now told all the other kins about patriarchy and they think it's awesome because they really like bros they're dudes because the entire time ken is in the real world he sees the guy camaraderie He's walking past gyms and sees like guys giving each other high fives and shit. Board meetings where they're all laughing and pointing at each other. So all of a sudden he feels included because he felt excluded in Barbie world. Barbie's feeling the opposite. So by the time the end of the movie comes around, they're not really pushing any specific agenda because the main root of it all, when they finally have like the big talk out is Ken was acting the way he was because Barbie wasn't even acknowledging the fact he was trying anything. Barbie still didn't get with him at the end of the movie. It wasn't like the the girl has to feel bad for the guy, so they have to date out of pity. That still didn't happen. But she acknowledged, oh, I've been kind of an ass to you. Like, you know, you're you're actually really good. You're really nice to me. I should treat you better and like acknowledge you and like it's probably not a bad thing to like maybe get you a drink if you asked for it and like maybe not be so demanding of you. And then on the flip side, he's like, yeah, and you know what? I just need to figure out me. He's like, I just need me to be happy. And that kind of wound up being the under overarching thing is, you know what? No, you don't need anyone else. You just need you because it's not Barbie Ken. It's just you. So I honestly don't understand why people were getting so upset about it. I went into it looking for it. I was looking for, I was trying to watch it with redneck eyes almost. It's not there, y'all. It's just a goofy little movie about a fucking toy company that actually allowed themselves to sound like the villain of a movie. <laughs> like they were, again, just real cool with like being up front of like, yeah, no, no, no. We, we're totally trying to support women by like, you know, putting out the ones that sell. <laughs> we'll just continue like the other ones that are weird but like you know if if you're selling really well i mean that's that's empowerment toward women we we want to sell that to them and mattel is like all over it with their fucking tms and all that yeah. shit so that kind of was what made it enjoyable for me <laughs> just yeah, it a, seems like a seems like a self-empowerment movie like really you know self-introspection yeah but it but it was for both on the guy and girl aspect yeah. like they they actually kind of they hit the guy area a little smarter than I thought they would have. I figured that that was going to be a little bit more one dimensional, but like for him to actually just be like, look, you know, now I feel powerful. Now I feel important. You know, when I was trying to do stuff with you, you didn't make me feel important. This makes me feel important. Why am I going to give this up? Because your feelings are hurt. My feelings were hurt. And now I feel better. What about it? Yeah. The woman that made the movie, Greta Gerwig, I don't know if you've ever seen some of her other stuff. Mm-mm. She's a she's a really fun act uh, director. Um, she really fought hard to get this going. This is actually supposed to be made years ago. Yeah, and I'm glad it wasn't made years ago because did you hear who the original Barbie was supposed to be? Yeah, Amy Schumer. Yeah. Um, she had made a movie a while back. I had saw called Lady Bird. What a wild goddamn movie! This girl is. I feel like I remember hearing yeah, about uh, that. Soros, uh, Soros Rowan uh, was the actress in that one, and uh, Jackie from fucking uh, from Roseanne was in it. Um, but 
she she made that and that's what made me interested in the movie to begin with because that movie is really really good because mm-hmm. it's a, it gets dark in that yeah. movie and i was like okay she's gonna take a dark aspect to it but from from anything what i'm seeing from what i'm hearing it seems it's subtle uh, not so much bleak it it went a little weirder and darker than i expected like i was expecting well actually correction i was expecting a little bit more i was expecting kind of like a big like oh fuck they just went like kind of fucked up with this kind of way they never really went messed up with it but they did do one interesting thing which was so margot robbie barbie she's running through the mattel headquarters trying to get away from security guards and everything makes it to like the secret basement opens up this door and it's like this pitch black room except for like what looks like a staged kitchen area like you can't see anything else around it but that and there's like this old lady sitting at a table drinking tea and she just turns to her and she goes oh honey you're safe in here come here she just slowly starts walking up and like they share like this tiny little moment and she's just like you know what is your name and she just doesn't say anything and you hear you know cops coming in and everything and she, you know, she goes go through that door go through the steps it's going to put you out to the lobby you can get out that way she's like okay and she turns around she's about to leave again she goes really who are you she goes my name's ruth like okay and just disappears well at the very end of the movie ruth comes back come to find out she was supposed to be the original creator of barbie because she was acting just like I was sitting here thinking, oh, this was original Barbie. And they keep her locked up in the basement. Oh, this is fucked up. That's where I thought they were going with this. And that's why I was like, oh, man, no, they are going to fucking take this a dark turn. They fucking got OG Barbie locked up in the basement. Oh, shit. <laughs> They're about to blow all this wide open. But no, um, had a really kind of cool moment with her because, you know, Margot's big thing is, you know, since everything was so perfect in Barbie world, now she's feeling all these extra emotions and weight and everything else. She kind of had this good moment with her where she was just like, you know, well, imagine, you know, if you just feel all this as a toy, how a human feels though. She's like, well, what if I wanted to be a human? She's like, well, you're going to see that first hold my hands and they hold hands for a second. It does like the little zoom in on the eye and it does like this really cool transition of like a compilation of a bunch of different families from like childhood to adulthood and like, you know, good things and bad things happening. And like this really cool, like the editor in me is like watching the effects being like, this is fucking awesome. And finally it like leans back and they do this really cool thing where like her eyes open like slightly and then you see her breathe a little bit more and like her chest puff out. And it's like, it was almost like her becoming that one. And then now she gets to live in the real world and all this other goofy ass shit. So there was like some really cool, like touching moments in there that wasn't just purely surface level. Yeah. I, I would, I would rate it a solid six out of 10. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't give it like a shining glowing review. I have no interest in watching it again, but yeah. At the same time, it was a good way to spend a Sunday afternoon. There's, I have seen a lot worse movies <laughs> in the last couple of years. I, I willingly watched She-Hulk. This was a million times better than She-Hulk. <laughs> um, yeah, the D&D, the reason I gave it a 9 out of 10 is just because it does have a rewatch value. Okay. Because there's a lot of Easter eggs in there for mm-hmm. people who like role-playing games. So a lot of really good detail. Yeah. So like... Um, 
if you've ever played like D&D, it's all about, you know, building your character up, but also like finding shit on your own. Mm-hmm. So like when you're playing a game, like we're playing a role-playing game and you decide to, I'm trying to direct you on the golden path. Sometimes though, you'll want to get off that path. And as someone who's a DM, I have to get you back on it. But whatever you do, I got to make it still enjoyable. Right. So I say, hey, you found something. What is it? It looks like a stick. Okay. Later on, down the road, you're still carrying that stick. Hey, check your check your item. It's glowing. You know, stuff like that. They they add that in the movie. Really? Like there's a there's a scene where like, hey, See, and that, that's kind of what I was asking if they kind of pull in like some gaming aspect. There's a lot to of it game, like that. The whole movie's a whole lot of gaming aspect to it. Um, he gets told the main. Does character, anyone roll for initiative? <laughs> no, but it's subtle. Really? So in the background, you'll see a number, <laughs> or what looks like a number, and I know I had I had to go back and watch it again because I was like I was wondering where the dice roll was. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. But no, it, there's the subtlety of a number in the background where something bad happens, and it's like a one. And if it's a one, if you roll a one in D and D, you're getting your shit rocked. Yeah. Uh, but there's a scene where he's like playing the the the. Uh, his guitar basically whatever and he's trying to distract some guards and some guards walk up and it's like and they're like they're liking the song but in the background at one of the guards armor you see a big red one and i'm just like i didn't notice it at first but then his face starts to contort he starts it turns out it's an illusion you don't know that going in and he just starts melting. And he gets horrific. Like, the guards are like, oh, my God. Like, like freaking out. <laughs> and it turns out the, the magician has been casting an illusion. But his foot gets stuck in some cobblestones. And he can't concentrate. <laughs> and it's just like, you rolled a one, you dumb fuck. Because, <laughs> like, that's something. That, so, like, just a quick dynamic on the game. Like, let's say we're playing a game. Alex, you're... you're uh, your warrior class i need you to roll uh initiative or uh, uh, let's say you uh roll an attack take an attack roll you're gonna go punch this dude in the fucking face yeah if you roll a 20 you knock him out instantly roll a one you miss and he punches you in the dick and you're down for good like <laughs> so like that that's the scale because that's what one through 20 you know but some dms do it a little bit differently you know it could be an attempt, like a, a fight, like, and they do that. Like the fights go up and down. You'll see a character who's doing really well in a fight, then all of a sudden they're getting their shit rocked, and right. then they have to come back. So there isn't a lot of like old-fashioned storytelling, like in a superhero movie, where you're seeing your your protagonist beating the fuck out of somebody. It's like watching a Wolverine movie, and he's missing a shit ton of punches and getting his shit like, fucked up. Yeah, it's like a Deadpool movie. <laughs> <laughs> but like that, that, that's what it's like, you know. You, they don't. It does have a happy ending, mm-hmm. but it doesn't get there right away. Right. So, like, there is, you know, choices that are being made actively in the sh- in the movie that you would, if you were playing this as a game, you would have active choices. So, like, there is a part where the movie is essentially over, but they're like, ah, turn turn it around. We'll, <laughs> I guess we'll save everyone. It's just because like, they won. That's the thing. They win. Yeah. And then they're just like, ah, fuck it. Let's just turn it around. <laughs> let's turn the car around. God damn it. <laughs> but that, that, that's part of the aspect of the thing. And I think it's, it's really fun. Uh, if, if anybody's ever played a tabletop game, 
people have a good time watching it ever yeah and, and honestly i would say anyone that's ever had a connection to any ip yeah. would enjoy barbie because well yeah this is the thing they're both ips yeah. both these movies are essentially nerd films <laughs> yeah but like you know like you know if, if you grew up you know really digging on gi joe or if you grew up really digging on, you know, My Little Pony, Barbie, you know, whatever the fuck it was, you know, or for me even, like, you know, the Spider-Man figures and stuff, it kind of plays on the Toy Story kind of feel where it's like, you know, hey, the toys aren't just toys. They kind of helped you during a certain time in your life, right? Then, you know, that that was something important then, you know, kind of treat it with, you know, an ounce of respect kind of thing kind of deal so that that was one cool thing and one thing i actually enjoyed it wasn't even really about the movie it was about after the fact is so like most of the time lately if i go see a movie i go see it with my girl and she enjoys the marvel movies as well but like after the movie you know she may have like you know a little small question of you know so so you know what was up with blah 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 i'm like oh well you know well that's uh you know so and so blah 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 so what that actually that character was going to be setting up you know potentially in movie three years from now because he actually plays a role of a yada yada so i'm like giving her all this weird backstory information and you know oh and then the background of that one scene did you see that one poster oh well that that was a reference to the so-and-so character and she totally digs it she appreciates it while the trailer was well uh, as the credits were rolling we were just kind of having small talk we were walking out and she goes the details in that were really cool and i just kind of turned to her smiles like what do you mean she goes well just a, a lot of the little things in there like i remember playing with you know it's like seeing as a kid like they did a real good job of like replicating it which on that note you talked about like you know using a lot of practical effects they did a lot in the barbie movie as well and they did really cool editing where it's like when they were in barbie land everything was tactile everything was real uh there was not a lot of cgi and everything was very fake on purpose so it's like you know if someone got in a car it immediately clipped to like you know the side angle where like it was a moving background and everything else was stationary yeah. but it was meant to look like that because it was supposed to give you that feel of like you place it 100 they went to the beach there's everything is hard they're, they're walking on hard sand the sand isn't moving the waves aren't moving you know and all this the, the ice cream is plastic there's there's nothing in the milk cartons everyone's pretending to drink you know and shit like that so those little things were actually really cool just even from just a producer aspect and like watching the detail and something i even leaned over to her early on the very opening montage is like you know barbie starting her day wakes up takes the shower you know has breakfast all this while so all the while waving to all the neighbors after she finishes waving to the neighbors the neighbors immediately click like very fast into mimicking exactly what margot robbie's character is doing so like if she was like reaching toward the fridge to open it up and grab the carton of milk if you look in the background at the other houses you see all the other character barbies Mm. reaching toward the fridge and like opening it in unison so like it gave like this really creepy vibe like a stepford wives kind of thing yeah with like the super happy cheery you know kind of music going on and like everything's fucking yellow and pink and blue but like there's this really weird undertone to it 
<laughs> yeah, like the separate wives. <laughs> so yeah, so that that was actually something that I enjoyed a lot. Though was to see my girl for once finally nerd out on something and be like, oh, I remember this piece, and you know, oh, I saw that piece before, and you know, I wanted this one, I couldn't get it, and, and even the characters in the movie, you know, when they get brought to that world, the mom saying the same thing, like I had those boots for you when I was younger, but I lost one, and mom wouldn't let me buy a whole new Barbie to get a new set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this it sounds like a pretty it's a pretty solid film. I I recently saw Oppenheimer as well. And oh, did that, you? That'll be another episode. Yeah, because I, I'm def I'm definitely going to see that one. And it's, uh, it's a, if you're a fan of history, might have an existential crisis. And see, now I really, really wish I had done the double feature where I saw Oppenheimer first, then Barbie, because especially I really, really, really am curious to watch those back to back and hear the reactions of like a standard audience member. Because with the story of Oppenheimer being man creates bomb, has existential crisis, can't stop bomb. And then the guy storyline in Barbie being, well, I felt ignored, so I became the thing that gave me acceptance. They kind of run a similar path. Yeah, there is a kind of a dichotomy to both. So, like, I kind of, I really wonder how, like, sitting here watching the duality of man creating a bomb. My favorite, my favorite And then it being distilled down into the patriarchy and horses. (laughs) The... I think the best thing I've ever heard about the, the, the double feature was what kind of monster watches Oppenheimer second? <laughs> <laughs> because you're just going up and up and up and then boom, <laughs> you just crash it out. But the movie itself is, you know, halfway, it's, it's halfway about him creating the bomb, but the other half is uh, his later life, which was horrible. Um, through no fault of his own, really, but like uh, his life does go to. I mean, shit. he did create an atomic bomb. Yeah, but that's not why his life went to shit. <laughs> uh, but that, it it kind of delves into the United States government a little bit, and then the finale itself is a look into what the possible future is, and it is very dark uh, because of nuclear weapons. Think of like T two, kind of dark. Mm, uh, so okay, like, um, there is a there is a subtlety to it. That doesn't sound very subtle. Uh, it's, it, it, it's subtle. About, it's subtle by then, but but they're just like, "Hey, you want to go run to the Barbie theater park?" You're like, it's one of those kind of situations. I, I kind of feel like because um, I sat there and watched it like in the middle of the night on one of my nights off, and I was just like, "This is uncomfortable." <laughs> yeah again that was like my biggest takeaway like taking that uber home just thinking about like how much of a heavy you know mental movie oppenheimer is and then how the male problem is like distilled down into i felt ignored so i learned about hating women and horses and how one of the best lines period of the movie was Ken was talking to the other Kens and he goes, um, I went to the real world and I learned about the patriarchy. And at first I thought it was about horses. And when I found out it wasn't, I was disappointed and stopped paying attention for a minute. <laughs> he goes, but then 
I learned that the horse is just an extension of man. <laughs> Which has to go full Marcus Aurelius <laughs> philosophy major. <laughs> but, but that made me genuinely laugh. He's like, but I realized the horse is just an extension of a man. <laughs> Sounds gay, bro. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. Actually, there was an extreme gay joke at the beginning that I I know made like certain conservatives just like clutch their pearls. But like, I'm sitting here laughing my ass off. So, uh, Ryan Gosling's kin, his job is beach, not lifeguard, not swimmer, not anything else, but beach, which means he stands there and smiles. <laughs> That's his job. His job is beach. Well, other Kens also have beach jobs, and while trying to get Margot Robbie Barbie's attention, of course, the other Kens are ground at each other, and they go, well, we're going to have a beach off. He's like, no, I'm going to beach you off. It's like, you can't beach me off. You don't even know how to beach off. I'm going to beach you off. <laughs> and it just turns into this 30 second like joke of like four different guys yelling at each other goes like no i'm gonna beat you off <laughs> and it's like it, it ran maybe a minute longer or like a few seconds longer than it should have but i know there was like some dad there with his daughter and he's just like <laughs> uh, that's the adult jokes you need to have in those movies mm-hmm. uh what i liked about d and the D movie was uh he goes he, he gets these people together and there's this one character who's actively like confused. Yeah. And he's like, All right, so you'll be our inside person. You are a magic person. You're a warrior. All right. So here's the plan. And she's like, Hold on. What do you do? He's like, I make the plan. No, no, no. I understand that. But what do you do? He's like, Uh, what well, you know what I'm saying? I make the plan. And the other was just like, yeah, he just makes the plan. He doesn't really do much. And she, then why do we need you? And he's like, well, in case the plan fails, I can make another one. Well, well your plan's going to fail. He's like, no, if it fails, but hold on, <laughs> you're making a plan that could fail. <laughs> like, and like, it's a very good like spite at like DMs out yeah. there who make stories where they can be catastrophic <laughs> because like i've met people who actively try to play this game mm-hmm. to kill other people at the table and that is a terrible way to play that game i mean that you not, have you have not, played it like that i have too. not played it like that i gave them options <laughs> they made the wrong choice and then i gave them some more fucking options but i've never <laughs> did a full table kill oh i thought you did a full table kill one time almost <laughs> Uh, see, I'm getting almost, to the root of it now. Almost, it's more of a dead, dead, unconscious, dead. Like, <laughs> you know, but like a full party kill is damn near impossible unless you're intentional about it. And good DMs don't do that. Right. So, like, if I make a game, there's going to be so many fucking ways out that I can't. I'm not going to do that. And if you get close to that, I'm going to be like, "Hey, I made this. It's a backup character that you can play in case you kill your own character." Yeah. Okay, so like they're, they're, that, that's something a DM needs to do. And what's cool about this was it was the original setup. Mm. And the biggest Easter egg is a Stranger Things Easter egg. No shit. If you watch Stranger Things Season 1, they're playing 
the first edition. You have a warrior, a mage, a paladin, and a rogue. Those four boys are playing that. You see the original, uh, the original first edition mage, warrior, paladin, rogue. Nice. And they're background characters. Yeah. That are playing in the final battle. Right, right. And they're just there. And it's so goddamn fun to see. And oh, then yeah. they make a Golden Axe reference, which is an old Sega game, which is basically D&D the game back in the day. It's a side scroll and beat them up. But seeing that is so fucking simple and fun yeah. to see. Because um, one of them did look like one of the kids from Stranger Things. I'm like, please tell me you got the kids from Stranger Things <laughs> <laughs> to just appear in the background. <laughs> I will say, though, uh, <laughs> as we were waiting on our Uber, there was these two old ladies outside, and I guess they were in the same viewing as we were. I'm watching the phone, so I'm not, like, looking at them, but my girl and I can hear them clear as day, and our ears tuned in at roughly the same time, in which I caught one of them going, I knew... It was, you know, not going to be like a movie for kids, but like, I didn't realize they were just going to be so graphic with things like just, uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I just, that, that just, it said something about getting freaked out in which I slowly kind of looked up from my phone and looked at my girl. She was already like looking at me kind of bug eye and, and like at that point they were kind of walking away and I was like, did, did I miss something? I was like. What what graphic, scary, or like overtly sexual thing did they do? And I can only think of one thing that could have upset them. They make a throwaway line early on when Barbie and Ken get to the real world. They get uh, they uh, go to L.A. and they're walking the strip. And they walk up to this construction site, and of course, a bunch of construction workers, hey girl, giving the whole thing. And she just immediately pipes up. She goes, Well, I don't know what half of that even means, but if it was meant to be in a sexual way, I must inform you, I don't even have a vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Because plastic. It's like, I don't even have a vagina. And turns skin, she's like, And he doesn't even have a penis. Like that. and And they walk away. Well, Barbie goes through the thing, you know, becomes a real girl, you know, goes back to the real world, is hanging out with the mom and girl, and mom and daughter that she was there in the first place to see. And she's getting all dressed up for the day, you know, enjoying real drinks and coffee, you know, getting in a real car. And they're like, you know, are you ready for your first real day? She's like, yeah, I'm excited. You know, thank you. guys. I love you guys. You know, you're so amazing. You know, all this girl power. Yay. Awesome. You know, they pull up to this really big building and they're like, all right, go get her. And she's like, thanks. Gets out of the car. She's wearing her Birkenstocks, not wearing heels. You know, she's fully acclimated into the real world. Goes into these big doors walks up, and it's like a beautiful building walks up to the front desk and she goes hi and it's, uh, what is your name and she's like um my name is ba- ruth my name is ruth whatever her last name was she's like okay great she's yeah yeah and then with the biggest smile on her face goes i'm here for my gynecology appointment <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of that those old ladies all of a sudden were getting so like, I didn't know they were going to be so graphic. You're meaning to tell me that if you had a young daughter 
that when you got in the car with her, if she went grandma or ma, what's a gynecologist? You would have a problem looking at your daughter and going, well, honey, when you get older, you know, there's certain doctors to check down there. You know, we don't want, you know, guys looking at it. So, you know, there's just certain doctors we go to when we get older, you know, look at that. And, you know, she was just happy to finally have one and they were just making a joke about it. What's so weird about saying that? <laughs> it's such a clinical thing. She didn't go like, you know, I found my clitoris. You know, then, yeah, I, I could have seen them making a comment. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, if Barbie all of a sudden cracks off at the end of the thing, you know, I came. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, whoa, that that went from fucking zero to 100 real fucking quick in yeah. credits. Okay, blue balls. <laughs> you know, yeah, I could see, you know, grandma, you know, chat with her friend being like, no, you're going to get some graphic with it. <sighs> That's the only thing I could think of. So yeah. apparently gynecology jokes still offend. Yeah. <laughs> we need we need to come up with a few or at least pass them on to Dante. <laughs> what well, well, would have been funny if it's like you just walked up to them and been like, uh, hey, what scene were you talking about? <laughs> and they, they're talking about the Oppenheimer movie where there's like a, there's, there's a very graphic fucking sex scene in that movie. And because uh, they're just like butt ass naked for like nine minutes. <laughs> And she's like the Oppenheimer movie, the Oppenheimer movie for kids. <laughs> that actually would have been fucking grade A if that had yeah. actually been the yeah, case. Because there's like there is a graphic sex scene in that movie, and it, it you know it breaks the room together. <laughs> oh man! Ah, oh, come together, come together. <laughs> and I will say, like you talk about how like it does look like a giant at one point there is like this giant tactile scene where everything looks like it's made out of playset. Yeah. Yeah. I've been seeing that a lot lately with some movies where they're going back to more practical effects because of like CG art, the CGI artists are getting overworked. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and even like small things, like if someone fell, yeah. it looked like a who frame Roger rabbit type, like, you know, cloud dust that came mm-hmm. up. Like it was very much drawn yeah. type deal. Um, and I think that's kind of like, it's a lot of, a lot of underrated, stuff because you know you are bringing back guys who did that professionally and there's still a, a big group of people that still do it but um seeing that kind of you know work yeah. go into it is really nice and yeah and that's what that's kind of the reason why i kind of stuck talking about the aesthetics and everything of it because again as a graphic designer and editor i'm looking at these things being like those are really cool choices they made yeah, and i think that's what's you know destroying the superhero genre lately is just nothing but a fucking green screen fest lasers <laughs> yeah, lasers but like what was the mr sunday movies things where's the big uh, ray of light yeah. <laughs> where's the big white light <laughs> i want you to watch the robocop movies because they've been on a fucking rail on them on the last three movies oh they have they've talked about robocop one two and three and i want you to watch those movies so you can understand why i love them <laughs> because well, they fucking hate them apparently well uh if, if you've gotten enough to chat about with them are they streaming on any platforms uh, I haven't checked. I have all of them. I own them. So. Yeah, I know. You yeah. you own the cable company. Uh, but but if they are on, on a streaming service, uh, we ought to do a watch-along episode. We haven't done a watch-along episode in a while, and our setup in here is perfect for that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's almost as if I have a couch potato room. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not really anywhere right now unless you got... I can download it. I think it's on uh, Amazon. 
well for free yeah oh okay well there we go but yeah so so if it's on amazon we can do that but if not i'll i can just download it and put it on and if folks have it they can find a way to sync it up or just listen to us talk about it and imagine the movie (laughs) so yeah close your eyes and talk about let's just talk about the robot (laughs) so actually guys um dead series we we used to do those uh when we didn't have the numbered episodes um but if you want to see us do maybe some bonus content or uh you know even even if it was just to replace a main episode, let us know if you'd like to see us do some more uh, movie watch along commentaries, if that'd be interesting or if that's boring to listen to without actually watching the movie, tell us that too. So we don't waste our fucking time because <laughs> time is money and we got other shit we can do for the podcasts. <laughs> oh man. Well, I can't think of many more movies coming out this year. Um, that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Uh, there's some, you know, we still got some DC Marvel stuff coming in October. Yeah. Tail end of the year, Star Wars stuff. Well, see, I thought a lot of that was going to be just Disney Plus. I'm talking about like reasons to go to the theater. Uh, there's no reason to go to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> How unfortunate for us to say. Yeah. <laughs> Unless there's another horror movie on the back burner. You're like, well, we weren't called the theater potatoes, were we? <laughs> yeah, sitting comfortably on the couch. When they put couches. In movie theaters. Oh, bro, bro. Okay, so the screen at this place, you remember the screen wasn't that great. The chairs were nice. The the theater that's near the Carolina Place Mall, that one's a lot better screen-wise. But, dude... They upgraded the chairs again at this uh, location. Not only do they recline, not only do you have the little tray so you can put your popcorn and drink there, the motherfucker has seat warmers. So the room was nice and cool. You slap that thing on low and now your butt's warming up. Oh, dude, it was top tier. As I was getting worried at first because she even asked, she's like, do you think this place is going to be cold in case we need to bring like just a tiny little overshirt or jacket or something? I don't know. You know, "Ah, we should be fine. Bro, as soon as I walked in that room, nipples hard as a fucking rock. I'm like, Jesus Christ, it is an igloo in here. And as soon as I sat down, someone had just turned off the air warmer. And at first I thought it was like someone's like warm, like person. And I'm just like, ew, I'm sharing someone's warmth. This is gross. And then I look down and I see like the little bacon floating up from the yeah. seat <laughs> and i'm like oh ba- heat wave <laughs> yeah bacon yes click and it's just like oh hell yeah seat warmers this is i'm gonna have to try hard to not fall asleep <laughs> back here living like a peasant with my little uh, seat that goes up when i fucking stand up oh you still got those yeah yeah it's just, <laughs> living over here in 2035 like goddamn squiggy and dr oh, you, you, you got the sticky floors yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey, is that candy? No. I hope. No. <laughs> I've watched this movie twice today. <laughs> Paul Rubens was here earlier. Straight from hell. <laughs> Straight from hell. But if you guys have any other uh, topic conversations for us, leave them in the Discord. We are approaching October, which means we are going to be doing a lot more horror content, which I think we ought to workshop a few ideas here in a second. Uh, so, 
If you've got any sort of horror-specific ideas, let us know, and we'll probably get to those first. <laughs> but if you have any other general topic ideas, of course, leave it down in the comments. Uh, I know that Dustin has made a few requests. Uh, you asked uh, an episode or two ago if... Um, we should watch or you should do an episode on a specific movie and you got like a resounding yes in the discord so i have to go back and double check i thought that was gonna like jog a memory but you're still just staring at me like you're not sure we were gonna do an episode about tremors that's what it was yes then i told mikey about it he's like let's have a watch party and i'm just like those are there's like seven of those <laughs> that's not a watch party that is an all-day event <laughs> so yeah so at some point we'll definitely do an episode on tremors um it's been forever since i've seen any of those movies let alone the first one so i have to at least rewatch the first one when we'll do McIntyre's in that one and kevin bacon <laughs> the bacon the bacon the baconators in it Double holy the bacon. shit but for this episode of the Couch Potatoes, I've been Alex and Chris. Do you have any sort of final thoughts for us? Check out these movies, guys. They're fucking fantastic. They're really fun. Uh, from what I understand, Bar- Barbie is still in the goddamn theaters. Apparently, and so is Oppenheimer. I just looked it up. Oppenheimer has not gone down in IMAX sales. IMAX, which is the expensive theater. Yeah. The but, one in 10,000 theater. But, but think about it. It's a movie about a bomb. You want the big screen. It's a movie screen. about a man who built a bomb. But yeah, uh, there's a bomb scene. <laughs> and you want the big screen. Yeah, you want to feel that dread uh, very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Something Good Network. If you liked what you heard, you can follow us on Instagram and check out the other great shows on the network. Link is in the episode description.